0: Uh, this is just a short intro to the bonus episode that uh, you're about to listen to, which is an interview with with Dave, I, and uh, Mitch, Sto- Mitch Steele sorry, from Stone Brewing um, coming out of San Diego in the States. Most people should be familiar with them. Uh, this is recorded at Beer. Thanks to Chris at Beer for, for giving us some space and thanks to the distributor of Stone Experience It for, for making this happen. For those unfamiliar with uh, Mitch, he... Wrote the um, literally wrote the book on IPA. Uh, his book, IPA Brewing Techniques, Recipe, and the Evolution of India Pale Ale is seen as somewhat of, of the authority on the style. Uh, so it it's pretty remarkable to get to chat to someone that knows so much. Unfortunately, we only had uh, you know fifteen twenty minutes. We would have loved to to have an hour, but um, I, th- I think we got some some really good stuff. So hopefully you enjoy it. Um, this is so as I said, the launch of Stone. In Australia, there have been two previous occasions we've had stone beers that are legitimate imports, not not grey. Previously, it was the one-off event that, that Greg, the co-founder, hosted, where there was a whole bunch of kegs at, at various bars. Then there was the Enjoy by series, which is their drink fresh IPA series uh, that came I think two weeks ago as we we're recording this, and then last night there was kegs, um, and there's been kegs in Sydney. I think there might be some other kegs around the country. And then a couple of weeks the the rest of the stuff will be coming out um, on a boat rather than air freighted like this stuff has been so yeah it's been i think a while and i I know a lot of people are are really excited to get stone beers out here so yeah i hope you enjoy the chat Um, and again big thanks to everyone who made this happen um yeah enjoy right, we're sitting here with Mitch Steele, the brewmaster of Stone Brewing. Mitch, how's it going? It's going great. Welcome welcome to Australia. Welcome to Melbourne.
1: Yes, it's great to be here. It's uh, (laughs) really been fun. A lot of good beer stuff going on here.
0: Uh, Yeah, um, one of the big questions was, uh, and it's kind of related to what's going on here, is why uh, Australia?
1: Um, I think... Um, and that's a really good question, and I'm not really sure of the exact answer. Uh, I just was excited to hear that we were coming here and, and sending our beer here. But I think what happened was last year, our co-founder, uh, co-owner, Greg Cook was here for an extended amount of time and fell in love with the beer scene here. And I think that's really what drove it uh, because we really, nobody at Stone had really spent much time in Australia. And, and that was the first time I think Greg really got to experience what's going on. And and uh, we're trying, you know, we're making an effort to uh, do some more international type, type stuff. And, and it just seemed like a great place to start.
0: Mm. Um, and we're we're drinking the delicious. I'm assuming Dave, that's what you just got as well. Uh, and they were air freighted out. Is that right?
1: Yes. The yeah. yeah for for this, uh, we air freighted all the beer out. So it's uh, uh, we're going to use a boat when we start actually <laughs> shipping beer here. But, uh. but that, that's
0: kind of becoming your. Um, Stone's M.O. is making sure everything's completely fresh and, uh, you know, the Enjoy By series, it's kind of a statement of freshness.
1: It it is. Um, You know, we've tried to take it to a new level. Um, You know, one of the things that we insist on when we ship beer and store beer um, is that it's kept cold all the time. Um, So the boats will be, uh, the containers will be refrigerated and And with the enjoy by i p a you know we gave that beer a thirty five day shelf life just because we wanted to make sure that people were drinking an i p a at its absolute freshest and uh, really kind of educate people that you know you don 't want to lay down an i p a and let it let it age it 's mm. just not the right thing to do with that beer. There are other beers where that 's perfectly fine, but you know one that 's hop forward, the hops fade very quickly, so it 's like no, drink it fresh. And it's, it's been wildly successful. It's been it, it's been great. I'm really happy with the beer. But the the whole the effort that everybody at Stone goes through to get this beer out the door and and shipped uh, across the country uh, within a couple of days. And it's out in retail faster than just about any beer ever. And um, and then it's gone. Hmm. It's, it's a wonderful thing.
2: Speaking of IPA, you are the godfather of IPA. Um, what 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 kindled the book. The, uh, the fascination and love with IPA?
1: You know, it's um, I started brewing in in the late 1980s, and I remember uh, going to beer festivals in the San Francisco Bay Area. That's where I started brewing, and having an IPA and just going, "Oh my gosh, what the heck is this?" You know, and and. Uh, I was I was trained at UC Davis, um, and we learned pretty much how to make an American lager at UC Davis. That was the the focus of the curriculum back then because craft brewing really was just getting started. And uh, and then the brewery I was working at at the time. Bill Millar, the owner, wanted to focus on English-style beers and session beers, and so he never wanted to do anything that was really hoppy. So, we got—I got this beer, and I remember drinking one at a beer festival and and just going, "It just blew me away." And 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 so um, and then when I started really getting back into home brewing, it you know it just seemed like what I gravitated towards was IPA. Now the the whole book thing came about because the Brewers Association in Colorado and Brewers Publications asked Stone if we'd like to write the book. And um, and so they uh, we were asked to do that, and it turned into my project. But uh, uh, you know what was fascinating about that whole process was just learning so much about the IPAs from, from 200 years ago. It was uh, radically different than what we're doing now.
0: The, um, the ones that are sort of coming around now, and I think you guys have done some uh, experiments with Brett as well. Um, that's almost closer to the historical version. Is that is that right?
1: Yeah, that's actually what inspired that project. That's called Stone and Joy After IPA. Mm. And you know, one of the things that I found out while doing the research for the book is, is that the, uh, the British IPAs from the 1800s uh, were fermented with whatever the house strain was at the brewery, which um, later in the late 1800s or early 1900s was identified as having Britanomyces in the culture, you know, and it had multiple yeast strains in the culture, but Britanomyces was one of them. And, and so, you know, in conversations with historians and beer people and just thinking about it, it makes perfect sense that, that the India pale ale that was shipped from England to India uh, underwent some sort of Britannomyces fermentation on the mm-hmm. boat because everything that the British brewers did... Uh, before that beer was even shipped was designed to make the beer make sure the beer was completely fermented out and so really the only yeast that was going to be able to do anything in a beer like that was Britanomyces so that was kind of the inspiration for the enjoy after and, and and we've we've brewed a couple of batches of this as a companion to the enjoy by IPA and uh, and what we do is we take the same recipe in the brew house but we ferment it with a Belgian yeast just because that plays a little bit better with the Britanomyces um, And then right before we bottle it, we dose the beer with Britannomyces. So everything that's happening uh, to to get that beer funky is happening in the bottle. Mm. And we've been tasting. We did the first one back in October and the second one in December. And we've been tasting them every month and making notes and watching how how the alcohol changes, how the carbonation changes, and things like that. It's been a great, great learning experience Mm. for us.
0: You, the Enjoy by series. You're adding a sort of a one-off black IPA to that. Is, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's the plan. Um, uh, we ha- we have a black IPA right now called Stone Sublimely Self Righteous Black IPA, and we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're we're gonna take a break from brewing that for a, a little bit, and we're going to try. Doing um, a black IPA in the Enjoy by series that'll probably happen towards the end of the year.
2: Mm, cool. You mentioned that you um, <coughs> were homebrewing. Uh, t- we've got a few homebrewing listeners. So, do you have like a one key tip that you learned on brewing homebrew IPA that makes a good difference?
1: Um,
0: only one. Only only one.
1: Well, the first thing is don't be timid with hops. And, and that's something that I, I learned over the years. But, you know, a lot of brewers are like, you know, they're going to only add, you know, a few grams of hops and, and because that's what people do. And it's like, nah, just go for it, you know. <laughs> just throw, throw a bunch in there. We did a beer... And I'm going to talk American measurement units here, but we did a beer uh, in the homebrew club that I was in when I was living in New England, and we called it the pounder. And in a five-gallon batch, we used a pound of hops, which is astronomical. It's like four or five times more than I had ever used in a beer before. And it was so good, and it was like, wow, this is, this is fun, you know? <laughs> and then I go to Stone, and that's what they do, you know? So <laughs> do you still homebrew now? I don't. I, you know, I've homebrewed once since I've joined Stone. Um, I did a, I did a Belgian double, and it came out really nice, and I, I was really happy with it. But I just, you know, I'm living it every single day. <laughs> so on my weekends, I'm like trying to do something else. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> the um, Stone is is pretty much one of the, the biggest producers of or uh, the most recognizable producers of, of IPAs and and beer. And do you think being able to do the Enjoy by series? Um, it's because Stone is so respected that they can you can do that rather than, you know, if you were starting out, it might not be as possible.
1: Yeah, you have to have the infrastructure to pull it off. I mean, it, you know, this isn't just a brewing project. It's uh, the packaging line has to be up and be able to run all this beer in about one day, uh, get it all packaged in a day. Uh, the fact that we have a very uh, um, a fully staffed distribution center at Stone and we've got people that uh, our sales team is heavily involved because they've got to pick accounts that are going to be able to move the beer. So it's a huge project. You can't just do it on a whim. You've got to to really develop a plan for each release and work with the people that are going to be selling the beer to make sure that they understand what they're doing. And it takes a lot of coordination. And, you know, if you're a a two-person brewery or a family brewery, that's hard to pull off.
0: Is that a good position to be in then for you?
1: I, yeah, I think it's good. It's It's been great for us. It's been great to be able to deliver the message that so many of us in the United States are trying to deliver. It's like, don't age the IPA. Drink it today. Drink it fresh. Uh, the fact that we've been able to do this and, and really drive that point home, I think, has been great.
0: The... You're retiring two beers from your core range at the moment. The Is that right? The and Self-Righteous and Levitation?
1: Stone Levitation Ale, yeah. yes. That's a shame. Yeah. I really like Levitation. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I do too. Both of these are breaking my heart, i got to say. Uh, you know, it's just the sales just weren't there to support mm. them anymore. And and last year we came out with a beer called Stone Go-To IPA. And it's, uh,
0: it's kind of taken Levitation's spot, it, has it?
1: It really knocked Levitation down several notches. And, uh, you know, it's about the same alcohol content.
2: So is Go-To going to hit... Um year-round production
1: oh it has oh it has already it oh. has it's it's already our number two or number three wow selling beer
2: it
0: has to be the favorite that i've, I've tried um and i think i prefer something at the the lower range of the abv and i don't know whether it's my palate but i i tend to get the hops coming through more mm-hmm. at the lower abvs and I, I get a more enjoyment out of it
1: the hops certainly change with higher alcohol alcohol is a solvent so mm. all the oils are dissolving and, and it changes you know we we do um uh, Stone IPA and Stone Ruination IPA are both dry hopped with Centennial hops. But Ruination is uh, about two points higher on alcohol, or one and a half points higher on alcohol. And the hop character is completely different mm. than Stone IPA. And that's that's one of those things that I I find fascinating, you know, as a brewer.
0: As the brewmaster, what's your sort of daily input to recipes? Are you complete control, or do you have a team that, that work under you?
1: Well, I have a, a huge team, um, you know, I, we're going to be running four breweries here in a year, um, and there, and all the people that are running the breweries are going to report to me. So uh, I can't create everything. I do a lot of creative-type stuff, um, um, but I really like it when somebody on our team comes up with something that we turn into a, a beer that we're going to release. We a great example is a beer. Uh, we called it Stone Coffee Milk Stout, but this was a beer that was – uh made by one of our brewers who went down to our brew pub at liberty station 11 barrel system and brewed this brewed this beer just on a whim because he wanted to brew it and it was so good we put it out in a six pack you know and that to me that's a wonderful thing um you know i tend to focus uh my days on new product development new beers uh new recipes the quality of the beers that we're brewing, you know, are they consistent? Do they taste consistent? How, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, taking that um, and reacting to what I'm seeing, you know, from the, from the taste or from the analyticals, and making sure that we're we're making appropriate changes to make sure the beer stays consistent. You know, and things change every year. You know, you get a new malt crop in, and and you may get different characteristics from that, or different fermentation, or um, you know, and so you got to be kind of on top of that stuff. And and that's. Kind of where I put my focus. I've got a great team brewing the beer. Um, they're really talented. They're really creative. And I realized pretty early on when I got to Stone that they didn't need me out in the brew house making beer. They needed me to kind of manage the whole the whole thing.
2: Was that a, like an easy transition for you from brewer to?
1: Oh, I head miss man? it. Yeah. I miss <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I I miss the. I I've been a production guy, a production manager my whole career, and so. Uh, not really doing that anymore is really hard for me. You know, it's it's really hard. But I enjoy what I'm doing, so that helps. Yeah, you've you know? got to involve all your skills, <laughs> don't you?
0: Plus, um, you get to come out to Australia and... Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, not everybody gets to do this. This is great fun. <laughs> uh,
2: during Good Beer Week last year, we talked to Chris Scholl from Deschutes uh, yes. about some of the uh, skills and disciplines that he took from AB InBev to somewhere like Deschutes to apply uh, in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything that you, because you spent a lot of time at AB in InBev, is um, there anything that you uh, took from that experience to round out the work at Stone?
1: Yeah, I, I've actually used a lot of what I've learned at AB. Um, a lot of it has to do with just running a brewery and making sure that you've got the, uh, you've got the right ingredients at the right time, uh, you know, and having systems in place to make sure that you don't run short. Um, Tasting, the importance of sensory analysis and tasting your beer every day is something that AB believed wholeheartedly in, you know, the taste panels were the most important part of the day. Mm. There was no doubt about that. That was driven home every single day, you know, that the taste panel and the taste of the beer was paramount to everything. Um, and, and we've tried to implement that kind of a philosophy at Stone as well, and we've, we've done a lot of work over the years to really build our sensory program and get a lot of people involved in it. Because not everybody tastes everything the same way, so the more people you have that are trained and know how to describe verbally what they're sensing, um, is, um, it's a wonderful thing, and you really get a lot of good, uh, um, uh, good input from the team you know, doing that, and, and
0: so I rely on it heavily. Now I am conscious of time because we uh, are oh yeah, be on there. borrowed time. Yeah, we are on yeah. borrowed time. Um, <laughs> did you have anything more uh, you wanted to think ask that's about Great. Yeah. Did you have anything you wanted to add about uh, what you've seen out in Australia or, or beer in general? I <laughs> wow, how much time late. do you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, it's you know what? P- if you're talking,
2: I don't think they care. <laughs> if we're talking, it's a problem. <laughs> so go for
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, this is my first visit to Australia, um, and I got to brew a beer at Nomad with with Brooks. That was great fun. I really am enjoying the beer scene here. I I just think it's phenomenal. It it's it reminds me a lot of what's going on in the United States. Uh, very similar um, approach to brewing. Um, really great brewers here. I've, I've visited four breweries. Hmm. Uh, since coming here in in a very short amount of time and so it's been great fun um and the, and then the the uh the craft beer focused uh bars and and taverns and such are just uh really fun you know it's just it's really a good scene it's really vibrant and it's growing it's exploding mm. i you, you can tell you know how how many breweries you have i think somebody told me uh, australia has 250 breweries now mm. or
2: something
0: like that i yeah i'm not even sure of the count cuz it's going up almost weekly now yeah you lose count right i I mean
1: san diego county's great because we've got over 100 breweries and i i haven't tried half of the beers you know or half of the brewery's beers in san diego county you just can't
0: yeah it's something we've talked about before just basically giving up and just trying what you can and not trying to try everything because yeah. we came
2: into it at a time where we could be on top of every single thing that was happening and it's yeah. just not a it's not possible, possible. anymore <laughs> is it yeah. yeah
1: so that's great i mean you know the what's going on in the united states we're maturing as a is an industry we're um you know over 10 percent of the beer market and mm. and somebody told that's me fantastic. here that uh, craft beer is two percent so mm. there's room you know mm. there's room to go and and i just see wonderful things
0: Hmm. great well thanks so much for your time we really appreciate appreciate it it. you're Um, welcome and yeah enjoy the rest of your trip i will Um, thanks and yeah hopefully you get some good beers along the way (laughs) (laughs) i will thanks